how has being a left-handed guitarist been a challenge? <laughs> well, aside from in every single way possible, um, right. it's a challenge, generally speaking, because, you know, as you're learning and you're growing up, there aren't many left-handed guitars, you know? Yep. This is the fact of the matter. There's hardly any, and when there are, they're either really not great or extremely expensive. There's some companies that do cater to that, you know, lefty market, such as like Schechter was one, Agile originally was another company I ended up planning on for a little while. And so it's tough. I mean, some of the challenges you run into are just like day-to-day -day things. You go out to like some friends and there's like every guitar is right-handed, you know, it's kind of funny. So I've kind of like, I can play on a right-handed guitar a little bit. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm, I can do it, but it's, you know, that's some of the challenge. But if you know, you're like a left-handed guitar player, like I knew, you know, early on, it was like, I can't hold a guitar this way. And it's like, well, I guess right. I play left-handed. So that was something <clears throat> that came to be. And it's more or less the challenge, you know, but there are companies that are catering to the left-handed market, you know, which is nice. Right. I've always noticed, you know, when I go to stores, there's like two, maybe. <laughs> yeah, Squire, like, like Squire. Yeah, like little, or like a, a shitty freaking like Ibanez or something like that. But, yeah, dude, it's the it's the little like knockoff Fender and the Ibanez like RG entry level guitar. You can yeah, they're RG like, it. dude, I know there's some left handed guitar players out there. This is a good market. Let's put it up two hundred bucks more. Yeah, they so. do have a price increase. Even like, oh I'm for a sure. In my my Sig model through Schecter is like 50 bucks more, which is a modest price more. That's yeah. like not bad. Some companies, it's definitely a lot higher than 50 bucks. So, right. It's like 200. Yeah. Like, it de yeah. Depending on where you go, man. Yeah. It's, it's pricey. So that's, that's so, a problem. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I, I've always been curious about that because like my friends are like, you know, I'm feeling a left-handed, like I'm not really, I don't think I'm a right-handed guitar player. I'm like, all right, well, you're going to be broke, dude. So yeah, your life's going to be a lot harder for sure. I mean, if you, it's one of those things, like if you know you're left-handed, well, what's funny is I'm actually right-handed. I do almost everything right-handed. I swing a bat left-handed, I golf left-handed. Um, like I shoot like right-handed. I, right. like, I write right-handed. I do everything else right-handed, but the guitar is like, you know, if you are, and it's some people, if you're on the fence, like you should push for variety. If it's really like, you can go either way. I recommend doing it right-handed right. <laughs> if you can. But now really before choice. all this, like, I don't know, before you got in bands and stuff, obviously you use cheap guitars, but you know, as yeah. you moved up, did you reach out to, guitar companies other than like you know Schecter now and say hey like can you make me a guitar or did you always like go with stock models dude you know what I had originally like I was specking out a halo guitar and I don't know if those are any good really I was younger at the time <coughs> excuse me um, I was a little younger at the time but I think I, I reached out maybe to like one or two companies just kind of poking feelers. And again, it was one of those things where it's like, you know, ungodly expensive and left-handed, so even more expensive. So I went with the stock models. Like I had, you know, I'm looking at my record right. right now. I have a couple Agiles. Those are pretty good guitars. I've got a Lefty Gibson. And then outside of that, I had like little LTD, you know, ESP models that were you know, the oh pretty my. inexpensive ones. Yeah, yeah. They're like I, uh, 
that's my least favorite. Not to shit on them, but uh, I I had one and it only lasted a week. What happened? Uh, it just didn't play good. Like I had really cheap Jackson. I love Jackson, um, but they were really cheap and they outplayed an LTD. Like, mm. I, I don't know. Maybe it was the model. It was like a Strat style LTD. So, dude, something I mean, that happens too is the quality control on those. I swear to God, man. Like the, yeah. the QC on that, it's like it's not the same. <laughs> it's I don't I don't get it. It's the same dudes checking them, and they're just like, yeah, this one's fucked. Let's leave it. Send it out. <laughs> Send it out. It's good, man. Send it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, the high E strings like off the guitar, but it's it's cool. It's kind of left handed. He probably won't even do it. <laughs> right. But yeah, so, I, went, I went with the stock models is the answer. Yeah. Right. Elixir strings. You know, I watched mm-hmm. a gear video. Um, I've never, I mean, I played elixirs a few times. I play Demarzios now. You know, what separates them from like Ernie Balls? That's a pretty standard string. Yeah. So, like, the standard non coated strings for me, like, I, I noticed this when I was younger and playing guitar. I've been playing the elixirs for. Oh man, before I even was like with them as an artist, I was playing them for sure. Um, <clears throat> but I was playing like DRs before that, and like Diodario before that. And man, I was just like fucking ripping through strings every, God, like a, every week maybe, if not more. Right. Like they start to feel dead. They start getting that like, you know, you run your fingers down them and they're not smooth anymore. It's like that kind of shit yeah. on it and you know it was just going through them quick and i was like okay well let me try these like coated strings and so i tried the elixirs man and they're really comfortable under your fingers they're like soft it feels like they're easier to bend honestly it feels like not such a <clears throat> like an abrasive thing right. <clears throat> god i'm sorry my throat man jeez um, they're not so abrasive on your fingers and they feel really smooth to run your fingers along. And the big thing too, is like, they really do last a long time, even playing, you know, as much as I do now, or even, you know, when I was a little younger and playing more than I do now, cause I was like practicing constantly. Right. I've heard um, that from every person, every guitar player. Yeah. I don't play as much now. Sometimes I do. When I do, I really play a lot, but I take more time off now. Like get upset about it, so it's just like I need yeah. to. It's just like time allocation, and you know, other things in life get in the way. Like even music related, you know, like this is my job, but there's other things that get in the way. Where it's like, you know what? I've been doing emails all day. I've been teaching all day, and the last thing I want to do right now is like play guitar, and then I want a day off. You know, I want a day off right. from music because I'm doing it so much. But point being man the big thing that sets them apart is they sound really great they're bright they have a lot of life to the tone you know in my opinion it's like unplugged you could just like strum a chord and you're like ah, oh, that sounds nice and yeah. they last a long time and they feel really nice on your fingers so i definitely recommend them i mean and if you're for some reason have like a elixir vendetta you know other coded strings do exist you know you could go with yeah. other things just to try it because man i personally won't go back to a non-coded string i don't think i uh Right now, I got Diodario's uh, XLs. What's a good like? What do you use? What you know? What what's the name on the packaging? If I were to I go use try the Elixir NanoWebs, I use their. They have PolyWeb, OptiWeb, and NanoWeb. The OptiWebs are newer. And they're supposed to feel more like a standard string, a little bit less of a coating. The PolyWebs are a little more slick than the NanoWebs, which is kind of cool. Honestly, it's pretty sick. 
but the nano webs are the ones I used to play on those XLs you're talking about though. And I would, I would rip through those pretty quick and they start to sound dead. They're like a little out of tune. And right. Yeah, for sure. Out of tune. Out of tune is my issue right now. You know, like they, I don't know. I I'll play and there's a certain note that goes out of tune every time I play it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that could be a multitude of things, but if it's definitely been narrowed down to the strings, That'll right. happen, man. They start to, they get like dented. They start getting crust and gunk on them. And that means they're not oscillating properly, which means the intonation is weird because they're not like the string spins, you know, when you pick it, it's like, right. If you go up close, it's actually like spinning in a circle. And, um, yeah, it starts to get out of whack and not spin correctly. And then now Nano now, webs. Now, yeah. Now your notes are out of tune, but yeah, honestly, I mean, give them a shot. And it's like, if you're a, you know, it sounds like you're very involved in this and this is something you have a passion for. It's, you know, for the whatever they are, 10, I, 12 bucks a pack, like tr just try one. And if you hate it, you hate it. And if not, you might be like, holy shit, what have I been missing? Yeah, I've never, that's one thing I've never <clears throat> like um, experimented with is strength. I just always went with either Ernie Balls or Diodarios. That's it. Yeah. And, I mean, I've so, I've played on the uh, the Diodario XLs. That was my that was the string I jammed on for years, man. I played on those for probably like four years. I probably played hundred sets of those, you know, like yeah. at least. And yeah, once I tried the elixirs, I was like, well, sold. I feel I feel stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some yeah, of those yeah. things is like, what have I been doing? <laughs> so, so another thing I saw, mahogany neck. You know, I'm a big maple guy. Would you what, what mahogany neck? What, what are you talking about? I don't know. It was some some freaking interview when you guys were on tour. You were talking about a guitar that had a mahogany some type of neck finish. Um I don't know if it was it was a black guitar. It was an all black guitar. Yeah, I have a black oh you know what? Was it was it like my strat looking one? Was it the sixth string? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that has the mahogany body. I, I believe, oh, okay. not the neck. The neck's maple on there. Maybe I brought up my Les Paul because the Les Paul, if I'm not mistaken, has a mahogany neck, and that's pretty neat. I think that's cool. But um, gotcha. yeah, the mahogany um, body for sure on those is what those have. The maple neck on those is they have right. maple neck mahogany I, body. I thought I could have said it wrong. I could have spoken totally. Yeah, wrong. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if it was the person asking the question or you, but I was like mahogany neck. What the fuck? So, yeah, that might have, that might have been me misspeaking. Maybe it was like one of those interview days. It's all right. Like drank too much the night before and you just the coffee. Yeah, Go yeah, the coffee. Or you just <laughs> yeah. like, wait, partied too hard the next day or the night before, and then you're just like, I don't know what I'm saying, but I have to do something. <laughs> <else."> <laughs> so <laughs> one of those things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What what's the biggest difference between playing an interloper versus Rings of Saturn besides the music? Oh God, everything. Um, how the band operates is a lot different. Like not, not necessarily going to detail, you know, but it was you know the operation is a lot different um, internally with interloper than it is with Rings. Um, Rings is obviously you know further ahead. You know, Rings has been a band. For 10 years you know longer than that at this point yeah I think they did their first single in like 2008 or 9 or something i don't even know 
but you know, so it was a little bit of a different operation. We have to approach things at Interloper, you know, looking a little bit more towards the future because it's not as solidified right now. Like we signed with major record label and we have all these things in motion, but it's at a much more, um, I guess like early stages, kind of. Yeah, it's in the early stages, but it still had a reasonable amount of you know traction. So the internal operations are a little bit different. Um, what we want to do image-wise as a band is different, you know, which is a little bit separate from the music, which kind of ties in with the music. But you know, the imagery with say music videos or like the band's aesthetic doesn't always necessarily go directly hand in hand with like the music. So we have a right. different approach to that, and um, I think it's nice because we have a little bit more of a springboard to kind of do whatever we want you know we're not like yeah. locked we're not locked into this like aesthetic you know or lack thereof i guess i could say like with rings it was pretty neutral we had like the alien thing but like as individuals there wasn't anything that like oh yeah these guys dress like this or like whatever you know so with Logan, right that's, yeah like, you didn't have like outfits or anything you just do whatever yeah. the hell you want yeah, exactly. I mean, that's something we may or may not do with Loper, you know, or maybe like something more tied in, like something, I don't know, you know, we have that option, I guess, is a big difference. And, right. you know, we already have like an image more or less, but we have more flexibility to go where we want, whereas opposed to rings, you know, there might potentially be more opposition to that. Whereas with Loper, I think it's a lot more unlikely that there would be any at all. Right. So I was debating to ask this question, but I'm going to go for it anyway. Um, do you have any regrets in departing from Rings of the Saturn? Huh. That's a good question. I'm, I'm glad you asked that. Um, you know, yes and no. I have like, I think the regrets I have are based in something that was never going to be, you know, like I regret things in a sense of like, oh, you know, if this didn't happen, it could have been this, but in reality, it never would have been, you know? So it's like, right. I have like a, a wishful regret, you know, it's like a, a contingent regret on something that's just never going to happen. So not necessarily. I'm glad that I, you know, got out of that whole situation and am doing this thing now because Rings, even though like I wrote basically that last album all too, that was never going to be like my band, you know, like something yeah. I'm like necessarily as proud of to be like, yeah, this is my band. This is my group of people. We're all like kicking ass together and like doing our thing. You know, I didn't have that sense of pride in a project I was working on because I felt, um, you know, a little removed from it. And that's something with Loper. Like we all, I think, feel like this is our band and like we're stoked on it, you know. And right. it's, it's cool to be proud of something like that as a unit, which I think is something that, you know, a band requires you know, to function. Right. Like, yeah. You, you, Dude, you need that. <laughs> the the thing about a band people don't realize is, yeah, like the majority of it is making music, but you know, dealing with people, um, giving credits to people that actually like did the work, you know, like give it like, I don't know, like you got to be respectful to everybody and if somebody is stepping on somebody's shoes or you know um personalities don't like you know work together it's going to be an issue yeah so. absolutely and that's something you know a lot of bands encounter and it's like can you make it through it or not you know can you come to a middle ground because every band is going to have those problems you know it's just right 
going to happen. It doesn't matter who you are. It's like a lot of people say, how does every band start out? Best friends, and how does every band end? Not as that, you know? It's that same right. deal. So it's like those who can make it through or those who can't. So I would guess, like, all in all, answering the, the Rings question, I, I don't have any regret doing that, you know? Yeah, I think I think I'm happy with it, and I think it's going to be better in the long run for myself as an individual and just everything else in my life. Yep. So, how did you know Interloper originally start? Well, it started years ago, man. It was, it was like a long time ago, actually, but it was really just kind of like an idea. So. I had uh, had some like tunes I was doing, and then I was like, "Hey, Aaron, like let's like play some stuff." And he was, you know, he wrote some drums for stuff, and we were, you know, more or less like started the band. He was pretty wrapped up with um, at the time. I think Abiotic was who he was playing with, and then after that, Rings. So it was kind of like me doing a lot of the stuff, and he was, you know, out doing his shit. So it was. It was kind of like that, and then it became more of a thing where I was like, "Hey, man, it's like, you know, I want to do this band. I got some art made. I, I actually ended up like drawing the logo, and then I got Mark Cooper to, you know, turn it into something. It was like three pieces. Yeah, of he, paper, like, dude, he's so sandwich. good, man. Yeah, that guy he did a good job. That guy is like one of my favorite. Yeah, he's done all a time. lot of work. Yeah, he does a lot of cool stuff. But it was like, I have this. <laughs> I haven't been able to use anything or buy anything from him yet, but in the future, yes, I'm trying. Yeah, to definitely. Yeah, he's easy to work with too, man. But it was like three pieces of paper. Like I was trying to like I couldn't. I can't draw it out. You know, I'm not like an artist. So I'd screw up and I just like overlay a piece of paper. <laughs> and then we got the logo. He did it and made it all nice and sharp and not look like how I had it. And then um, right. Yeah, I put out Red Letter Day, and then. I think Absolution, like right after that, and right after that, both of those things, I ended up joining Rings, you know. So it's kind of like, well, shit, okay. Um, yeah. So it's just been a band that like existed, but was like back burner forever, and now the back burners um, always come through, man. Yeah, I hope so, man. That's that's the plan. It's, it's looking to be so. We just gotta gotta keep the ship rolling, dude. And that's it. Yep. So you know, give it a proper go really is what it is unfortunately with this you know record label signing and a lot of the things we have like in the works it's mm -hmm. it's looking like we're going to have a very nice platform to see what happens hell yeah. yeah so on to uh you know you do lessons and stuff what do you often teach students like songwriting technique you know theory yeah you know usually a grouping of those three i think i have more more it kind of depends dude it like, comes and goes honestly it's weird it's like in waves of people i'll have like one week and everyone's asking me about technique and then i'll have another week and it's like everyone wants to like learn songwriting and like how to you know put parts together and like things you can do for that um so it's a nice combo but generally it's based around um technique theory and then like writing but the theory and writing go hand in hand because obviously you can use your ear for things and there's a lot of people who don't know any theory and write awesome music because they just have it in their head you know yep. for most that's not the case and like i fall into that category too it's like i hear things and then it's like okay what can i do next like what's something that would be neat or what do i like feel sounds cool and then from that like idea of my thought of thinking oh this kind of thing would sound cool i now like go into that 
spot in my head where I'm like, okay, well, what, like, what's going to create that kind of sound? And then that's right. like where the theory comes in, you know, where it's like, I'm not just guessing notes. I'm like, does this work? Does this work? It's like, I know exactly what notes are working in this key. How do I, you know, put this into something workable? And so right. I'll go over that with people and do like a lot of song analysis if they want to go that route. But a lot of it, you know, comes down to like scales and modes, building chords from that, because that's your, that's your foundation. You know, that's how you build everything. Yeah, that's the platform. Yeah, if you understand your scales and modes, like you're going to be able to learn other keys, you know, in like variations, harmonic minor, melodic minor, all sorts of things like that, because you now understand how it works. And that's, you know, ultimately going to be the tools in your tool belt for you to write with, to play with, to improvise with. And so I go over a lot of that with people. And then that ties in in itself. A lot of people who do lessons with me on, you know, theory for X amount of time, they're like, hey, I want to work on my technique. It's like, okay, cool. Well, let's put this theory we've gone over into practice you know not only can we look at this in real life songs that you like and enjoy but we can say hey let's build some exercises on this and it's just going to compound that information even further which is really nice because you know right. if you have someone who's like you know oh yeah i know in 1983 this guy did it's like trivial <laughs> information it's like who fucking cares man like you need to have right. like something to apply this information to otherwise not only you're not going to be able to use it it's just like useless to know so right that's something i really focus on in lessons is like applying everything we talk about to like hey here is this in this song that you like this is cool and they're like yeah. oh wow i get it you know that's what sparked it for me so. i uh i had lessons for seven years and my guitar teacher was primarily a blues like enthusiasts, like anything about blues, you know, Enthusiast. yeah, man. Like dude, anytime I would say, Hey man, I want to learn a song. He goes, Steve Ray Vaughn. No, I don't want to play that metal shit. Come on, man. Like let's, let's play something good. And, uh, yeah, that's off putting for sure. Yeah. I mean, like for me, I was like, fuck man, he's a great teacher. I mean, I stuck with him, but now I have like a more, melodic feel when i play guitar because of him so yeah i mean there's something to pick from everyone i had i had many teachers growing up i had like classical guitar teacher i had more of a blues dude i had a rock dude and then i had like the metal guy was nick cordell arch enemy and arsis who he was with for a while and yep. that dude is just a fucking machine dude he knows his shit inside and out and he taught it in a very very easy to understand way which like is important and you know more importantly he was like hey you like arsis a lot let's look at those songs you know and look at how this stuff's being used and that was what really sparked it for me so yeah that's right. important man you gotta you gotta have a teacher you vibe with and there's like students of mine mostly you know because of what i do and like who, who i am with the music i've done and whatnot people come to me already with that like palette you know so it's a little easier i'm not working with like a you know, right 15 year old kid whose parents were like hey he needs to take guitar lessons and like i i don't know it's like i'm people who come to me are already kind of in this realm of music yeah and i, sh I show them things that are outside of it you know it's like i'll bring that other approach of like hey i know we've done sweet arpeggios for two lessons but let's talk about chord voicings you know like that kind of thing yeah. it's like oh okay cool i get it exactly the parents are like do not teach him the devil music, man. Do not. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had I've had a lot of really really cool students, and the younger ones. I actually have one guy. I have a couple of really young students who are good. This one dude in particular, though, Taryn Albergo McGovern. This dude is a child prodigy. I swear to God, that's like unbelievable. 
And right. that's really neat. This dude just has it. He's just got it, man. It's that thing. It's like that thing you can't pinpoint, but it's just there. Yeah. Shit. So, yeah. You're so he's got some support you're parents. You're, you're looking back when you're, you know, when you were a young guitar player like me and you're like, fuck, man, I was, I wish I was as good as this kid, man. <laughs> yeah. I remember I came on my first lesson with this dude and he was like, yeah, man, I, you know, I learned this stuff by ear. He's got an incredible <laughs> ear, by the way. And he's playing these like rings tunes that I wrote like cleaner than me. And I was like, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> right. You know, he's just like, how old are you? He's like 15. And I'm like, get out. Like, this is crazy. But it was awesome, like, All right, dude. Cash it and I'm done. Yeah, yeah. Take here's your money. But no, we we had plenty of things to talk about and go over. But he was someone who just, and still is someone who just like eats it up and runs with it. He's got that passion and that like burning fucking desire to just get good, you know, and keep learning and pushing himself. And it's his love for the instrument, man. And it's really cool to see that because it's like a teacher. It's it's a bummer when you're going over something with someone and they're just like. All right. deer in headlights it's like are you even like do you even want to do this you know and then you have someone who's like really interested and that just hypes you up and that goes really well and i think both parties you know teacher and student have a really good time you know and that's important right that's how you learn man that was how some of my best lessons were and i was like stoked on something and my teacher was like yeah dude that's exactly it and like now you can try it like this i'm like i don't quite get it he's like well look at it this way and i'm like oh my god i'm learning everything you know <laughs> i'm <laughs> learning everything